been doing your own movies for a couple years. Ramping up now. I read uh, you're going to spend about $400 million on four movies that are coming out this year, okay. give or take. You can never believe what you read. Sometimes. Um, Um, you know, what, what we're really focused on is how do we push the creative boundaries um, and doing shows that uh, bring people together, are exciting, polarize people. We're live. We are so fucking back. This is How Original Podcast, Season 3, Episode 4. We're going to be talking about the movie Windfall, a movie that we did not see eye to eye on. No, dude, stepping into the pod to gun today. <laughs> Yo, if I, I may not come back from this episode, dude. <laughs> Two men enter the pod, one will leave. Grandma, if you know, if this is my last recording, <laughs> thank grandma, you know, thank you for sending me those black eyed peas albums from the Ukraine. <laughs> that was a formative musical experience for me. Um Yeah, this should be a pay-per-view pod, man. This, this is gonna be <laughs> rumble in the jungle, <laughs> hell in a cell. <laughs> His uh, Rumble in Cell Block 99 or whatever. <laughs> Dude, when I was watching this movie, I wanted to just start punching a car and tearing the hood off. I hated this so much. Dude, we're up and at him this morning, huh? We're carrying the boats, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Recording at 11.07 a.m. We're like, hashtag rise and grind. We're up and at him. Carrying the boats. That's a David Goggins. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was talking to young Michael yesterday. Um, and we, I was like, we were just talking rap. Yeah. You know, I was, I was referencing a few, a few snippets of our conversation. I was telling you, he's just discovered Monster by Kanye West. He's in a loop. A he's good, stuck in a loop. He that's can't a good stop time listening. In a young man's life to just discover like a good posse cut. For sure, man. For <laughs> sure. Yeah, he's got opinions about the verses. It's a whole thing. Hell yeah. But um, I was, we were just talking rap and I was just, uh, then we started talking about making fun of David Goggins. Um, yeah. And then I was like, yo, some rapper should like, drop a hard bar about david goggins like that yeah. i feel like that would go hard and he was like no 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 i think that'd be cringe and then like a couple beats pass by like like five <laughs> seconds pass and he was like wait a minute i think i got it he dropped the nastiest goggins Whoa. bar and and then we got obsessed with like the idea of like you know how like on tiktok like like a snippet of a song will get famous yes like yes, uh, and everyone will like reinterpolate that yeah, yeah like the big t-shirt billy eilish you know yeah <laughs> he's like i'm sick of that shit um yeah it'll just be like one or two lines of a song yeah do and you know the song astronaut in the ocean or whatever because <laughs> there was a snippet of that that oh, got I so do. big on tiktok now yeah. i'm like i want to hear the whole song whole song not good the two bars that are on tiktok very good yeah here's the okay here's what <laughs> i'm what i said to him i was like we just drop a snip like a video with we just record like 10 seconds of this song, yeah. just this bar, like put a nasty beat underneath it. And there's no, people go looking for the song. No it goes song. viral. There is no whole song. <laughs> it's kind of like remix is, to ignition. There is no original. There is no spoon. <laughs> there is no spoon, man. Um, Damn, dude. Do you want to hear the bar? Yeah. All right. I was going to say, are we giving it away on the pod for free or is it like intellectual property? We, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll give it away on the pod for free. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And if okay. somebody wants to fucking create this snippet, cause uh, if I'm being real, we just, we don't have the drive to actually make this dude, but like, well, you're too busy. Yeah. So. I'm too, too busy. Yeah, I got a lot going on. <laughs> okay. So what's, what's the bar? All right. 
everybody in the club had bobbin. Man, I'm running this shit, Dave Goggins. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Yeah, dude. That's it. That's I all got, you did. I don't know, George. I gotta say, I'm a bit underwhelmed with that. Dude, that's all you did. It's like 10 seconds. Okay. And it just goes... Imagine that, though. Real hard. Like, yeah, even I'm harder than I just went. Like, Dracula hands. flow hard. <laughs> all right? I'm on the Nashville nibblers. <laughs> that's how I felt last night when I was violently high watching movies on Tubi. Yeah. I was on those Nashville nibblers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like... Hmm... There needs to be a reference to like something specific he says, like a line about something about carrying the boats or something. You don't think run this shit is enough of a Goggins? I think that's too generic because I think anyone you could say they run this shit. It needs to be a reference to a specific quote from him. See, here's I don't really know that many David Goggins quotes because my life is not in shambles that much. Yeah. Like you're like, has to be so (laughs) fucked up to get into like, well, you're reading 12 Rules to Life. Yes, yes. How's that going? What rule are you on? <laughs> we have a board outside of our classroom where it's like what Mr. Nevgodovsky is reading, watching, oh, no. playing. I hope you lie on that. Oh, buddy. Yeah. I'm As far as they know, Guns, Germs, and Steel. I'm not, I'm not reading 12 Rules for Life. No. I'm not playing Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> you're still playing that. I'm not doing any of these things. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. See, I would argue, though. I would argue. And maybe some of our listeners, our loyalists can write in because I think this is a good... I, 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 because I believe that it's... Gener- it's Yes, you're right. It is generic enough. But in its being generic and it can apply to anybody, the fact that it applies to David Goggins more so mm. than like anyone else right because mm. you can say like yo patrick easton running this shit mm. but like if you say dave goggins running this shit the genericness of that bar is actually kind of cool being attached to someone so specific here's my argument i'm still unconvinced <laughs> i think you gotta go back into the lab man right in dude you're doing <laughs> george do a rewrite challenge impossible bro one take drake man <laughs> one trip george i don't know if i talked about being one trip george ever on this pod but i'm oh i i think you have i'm one trip george with the groceries only one trip dude i'm like yeah i'd rather fuck up my body for the rest of the day than do two (laughs) trips sure Um, sure. i think a rapper should do like a whole concept album where they do every song in character as like a fictional guru oh okay you know what i mean yeah maybe maybe they're like sinister and trying to put together a cult or something right yeah, that that's pretty cool. Um, and again, I'm not gonna write that. So listeners, feel free to take that and run with it if you're <laughs> an aspiring rapper. <laughs> do you think we have any aspiring rappers listening? I bet. I bet we do. I bet we do. Do you think? Do you think more kids these days want to be a rapper or just like an influencer slash podcaster slash I I almost, internet personality? I do almost feel like yeah, the end goal it like rap being a rapper is almost like a means to the end it's, yeah it's not the end well every rapper also wants to be an actor sure <laughs> yeah everybody like, wants to be something else yeah tupac yeah tupac that guy acted he, he did. did he did some good acting um yeah i bet three pack is listening to this i bet someone that's going to be like the next big thing pack is listening 3.0. yeah um but uh oh yeah i i bet if like That'd be a good, like the Pope, if the Pope just dropped like a, 
like a hard like dracula flow type right record a lot of i feel like you get a lot of converts i think if the pope came out with any sort of creative project there would be a lot of attention <laughs> dare i say an industry plan right like because <laughs> you're saying you, you think a rapper should drop like an album where they're like a fake guru but i'm saying, yeah i just think that would be an interesting like concept for an album but i'm saying what if a real guru drops oh. a rap album it's the inverse i think so dave goggins yeah comes out with yeah with a rap album yes um dave goggins could definitely put out a hard rap album speaking of rap and we will get into the movie right after this have you seen the and again classic our podcast we're talking about this way after it's actually relevant and topical have you seen that super annoying blonde chick bobby althoff interview drake Oh, I think you were showing me. No, someone was showing me this. I think Young Michael was showing. She's done a few other interviews in the with bed, rappers. right? In the bed, and her whole shtick is she's very deadpan. Yes, and doesn't really give her guests anything to work with. So, kind of creates, which again is not like a new shtick. People have done awkward interviews in character uh, many mm. times before her. I cannot stand her. I see her all the time in Instagram reels. I hate her weird little scrunched up face. I hate her big boobs. I hate the idea that it's supposed to be funny to me. Can't stand it. However, I will say it was very funny when Drake showed her um, Rack City on his phone. Oh, he did? Yeah. For the first time? Well, I don't know if she was like in character pretending she hadn't heard it. I also believe that mm-hmm. she might not have heard it, mm-hmm. but he was playing it off his phone. And he was like so into it and doing all the ads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny, but I do find her super annoying. Um, that's so funny. You're like, I hate her big boobs. Her, I do. Her hot face. I hate masturbating to her. No, I, first of all, I don't think her face is I hot, but it. I do hate her big boobs. I find it very annoying how she's, showing off her boobs in every, oh, okay. in every video that's it's like oh, put those away you know how people have like hate listens yeah you have like hey jerk jerk off sessions no you know i don't I mean? jerk off to this woman <laughs> i scroll past her on reels i'm like enough we get it her whole thing is she has a miserable little face and she does these interviews i get it i hate no i also i, I just don't like the whole like deadpan thing like no aubrey plaza did it that's that's enough right we and don't I need feel... anyone else to do this Right. And I feel like some people like Aubrey Plaza are genuinely funny and mm. you can kind of tell, you know, also that's my wife. So yes, <laughs> she doesn't know it yet, but that's my wife. Yeah. Right, right, right. But yeah, I just don't feel like this Bobby woman actually has much humor of her own that she brings to the interview. It very much puts the whole burden on the subject. Yeah, that's annoying. Now, granted, if you're Drizzy Drake, I think you're up to the challenge, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Her name's Bobby too. That's annoying. Yeah what's that's like too cool you know what i mean it's like you're trying too hard yeah right bobby you're a hot girl and your name's bobby the only the only bobby i respect is uh bobby barrett from Mad Men. oh yeah who who donned violently fingers at one point okay (laughs) and then the youtube clip is like hell yeah that's a real man you know everybody in the comments (laughs) when it's stuff from the sopranos being Uh like hell yeah italians are hard working <laughs> just people who don't understand that you're like not supposed to endorse the behavior uh-huh, uh-huh. that's so funny when you get like one-dimensional brains <laughs> that is funny yeah they don't understand the irony at all or like the nuance no yeah no. anyway 
windfall movie with a lot of nuance oh yeah so i have an article here yeah uh entitled whoops <laughs> i'm looking at the wrong tab which is like the mr skin for reptiles we were looking up this cannibal movie i just watched uh windfall the shocking unsettling ending explained mm -hmm. we'll get into it i would argue it's not shocking or unsettling it's out of the blue and stupid <laughs> i thought it, i also thought it was out of the blue and could have been set up much more yes but i appreciated it i appreciated it what it was trying to do i hated it fair, so much fair enough we will get into it i mean you're always telling me not to give the ending away immediately <laughs> whereas i just want to get that kill shot um i think we should take our listeners through a journey we should take them through a journey it's also a very brief journey it's like an yeah. 85 minute movie so. so and there's not a ton going on it's a lot of like walking around a big property estate yes so why don't we break down the characters because there are only a few so mm -hmm. it'll be very quick mm -hmm. our i guess protagonist the first character we meet is jason siegel playing an unnamed they're all unnamed he actually is uh nobody he's credited as nobody in, in the, the script yeah and plemons jesse plemons is credited as ceo in the script yeah and <laughs> lily collins is credited as wife i i just can't stop thinking i texted you this because uh, <laughs> we were talking about how good jesse plemons is in this movie he's and I, so good and i text you plemons is a demons dude. yeah <laughs> he's a demons in this movie <laughs> Uh, I think Lily Collins should have been credited as ungrateful bitch in this <laughs> script. But uh, yeah, our guy, Andrew Kevin Walker, who has one of the screenwriting credits, um, mostly known for his collaborations with Fincher, like he did Seven. Mm. Um, I had an article here where he was kind of saying like, yeah, it was his artistic choice not to name the characters, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's also just fucking annoying and doesn't add much to the movie. It's like, yeah. okay, I get the point of not naming our main character, Siegel, because the idea is like... He's, he's every man. He's every man. He's nobody. He's a nobody. But it's like, you got to give some of these people names, dude. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should know better. Also pretentious to credit him as nobody in the script. Like, isn't that an Odyssey reference? Uh, you know, when uh, Odysseus goes to the cave of the Cyclops? And uh, the Cyclops asks him to to name himself, and and he says, "I am nobody." I would not have connected that dot. <laughs> it's possible. I'm sure if you were to ask Andrew Kevin Walker, he'd be like, "Uh, yes, for sure." Right, right, right. I just think it's pretentious. <laughs> oh um, yeah. Uh, do you have a do you have a uh, a bit of the article you want to read? Uh, <laughs> yes uh blah, 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 calling him nobody so defined him as the way he was seen and it only made sense to go and just make every person nameless walker explained yeah okay i've run on deadline and justified some bullshit before as yes. well <laughs> there's yes. nothing better than i don't get this quote there's nothing better than pretending that you're an artist and allowing yourself to be pretentious and that conceit is pretty pretentious but i love that kind of stuff there's a reason that seven was said in a city that's never named what okay. what are we doing here okay, okay that's so that's so different than having a, a named character yeah it's like, who names always like the city that they're in who <laughs> what, what? Yeah. He, he's he's like he's saying that like in every script of every movie some character goes like well we're in chicago yeah 
<laughs> we're in San Francisco. Like what? Okay, Nobody's so the way that. the way the city was filmed in Seven created a very distinct sense of character, even though it's deliberately ambiguous. And I think the whole point was to show the banality of evil and that these events could take place like in any American city, right? Yes. Just like that added to the sense of horror and yes. dread. Yes. Um. And I think you're going back pretty far into the archive being like, see, I made this artistic choice before for a totally different reason. See, it works here. It's like, no, it doesn't. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Andrew Kevin Walker, what is going on with you? The dude, Have you seen the movie 8mm? Uh, no, not yet. Where Nicolas Cage investigates a snuff film? 8mm. 8mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's a fucking crazy movie. You it gotta watch it. It's been on my list like forever. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to say it's a perfect movie or anything, but it's so good. And Walking Phoenix is like the porn store clerk. <laughs> yeah. Who like teaches Nicolas Cage about porno and Shit. how everything works. <laughs> that's, yeah, rocks. that's perfect for him. Walking Phoenix should be a pervert in more movies. <laughs> he, he does have real pervert energy. He should stop being a cool guy. Like he's going to be Napoleon. <laughs> I think he should quit that. And he should just yeah. be some just weird, be pervert. weird pervert. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So this movie also is very much a product of the COVID era where it was yeah. shot during, I think, peak COVID, basically. Um, yeah. I think this might have been shot pre-vaccine being invented. Uh -huh. So it needed to be all in one setting. Um, so it's all set in this house. George, here's my issue with the filming location. Yes. Wouldn't you say... This movie wants us to believe that Plemons, Plemons the demon, <laughs> is such an asshole. He's so rich. He's so disconnected from reality. I don't think the house is lavish enough. The <clears throat> house needs to be more over the top because it's a perfectly nice house. Yeah. You know, it's presumably one of their many properties. We, we have the setup like, oh, they're not even supposed to be there. They don't visit very much. But I think... Plemons doesn't doesn't really come across that badly in this mm. movie. Like I was kind of sympathetic to him. I'm like everybody else is an asshole. Actually, I get what this guy's about. <laughs> so I think the house needs to be more ostentatious. It needs yeah. to reflect like if this guy is supposed to be an asshole, the house should reflect that. It should be gaudy. It should be so over the top. Whereas this seemed, I don't want to say modest, but it just didn't seem luxurious enough to really underscore that point no i agree and i think that's like the issue that i like okay I, I think i see this movie for what it wanted to be and i like forgive it for a lot of its missteps <laughs> you see its aspirations. i see its aspirations and to me and this is the kind of viewer i am like i feel like when i can connect to like something the director or like the writer is trying to do and even if they don't like quite get there I really appreciate the effort, you know? Mm. So like I, uh, so I'll like, I'm, I'm a lot, I'm a very forgivable viewer, I feel like. And so I totally agree with what you're saying. And like, I think that is a big issue with this movie is that like, I think every character in this film should have been turned up like five notches. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I agree. Right. Like everyone should have been a more extreme version of themselves. Like Fleeman's should have been, yeah, full, like hateable, hateful, like yeah. Elon Musk type, type dude. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, or like Jeff Bezos type of guy. Yeah. Right. Like uh, fucking Edward Norton in, uh, the glass oh, onion. Glass onion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, the Lily Collins should have been a lot more okay, to sympathize with her, right? Yes, yes. So she should have had personally, I would never sympathize with a woman on screen, but I'm saying like hypothetically, <laughs> exactly. we're supposed to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Unless she's getting fingered by uh Don Draper. Don Draper. Yeah. That I sympathize. <laughs> Unless they know their place. <laughs> Got that out of the episode. Um <laughs> No, I agree. Like the characters should have because the movie doesn't really have a very profound point. It's very heavy-handed. It's kind of this, you were mentioning Glass Onion. I was thinking of that, too. It's yeah. kind of like an eat-the-rich type plot. But... Yeah. Which is fitting during COVID, again, as was my argument about Glass Onion. Right. Well, okay. I hate the idea of COVID ever being mentioned in plot. But if there was a time to do it, I don't know. Maybe they should have written COVID into this movie. Right. Because the movie never acknowledges covid it's not necessarily set in like 2020 or 2021 but i don't know maybe it's um maybe it's like their quality of life hasn't been impacted because they're so rich yes. and then seagull's like actually i'm done wearing a mask to the grocery store i'm just going ballistic here <laughs> i'm going going post he's like i'm tying you to a chair and you are going to listen to war mode <laughs> so you see things my way <laughs> clockwork orange yeah war mode <laughs> To Jesse Plemons. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Lily Collins should have had more main character energy, as the yes. as the kids say. Right? Yes. Which she didn't. Everyone in this movie was just unlikable in the end. Yes. And, okay, so I think there was not enough specific details about the characters' lives outside of the setting that we see in the movie. Mm. Because... I, I just need to know more about Jason Siegel. I know he's supposed to be nobody. He's supposed to be an everyman. But we need some sort of backstory. Because we are never given that, right? Plemons yeah. speculates, which I guess is shot down by Siegel. Or at least not confirmed. Plemons is speculating like, oh, you must be an employee who worked at one of my companies. And you were made redundant. Like, that's why you're doing this. Or at a company. Because I think, okay, so Plemons basically is like a tech guru who invented some sort of algorithm yeah. that made a lot of jobs obsolete. Yeah. So that's, and now he's just mega rich. Yeah. And he's like a billionaire. Yeah. Um, and we're supposed to hate him. We're supposed to hate this guy, but he's the most likable dude in the movie. I know, dude. I found myself sympathizing with him so much. I'm yeah. like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but but uh, you were saying, yeah, I, I think there was some speculation that that's what had happened. And but it's not confirmed at any point by Siegel. And it's like, the I just need more. Because yeah. this movie makes a bold choice of opening during essentially a heist or a break-in. And it's like, I don't understand who is committing this. I don't understand what the stakes are. Like, why am I supposed to care? Like, if this goes wrong for him, what happens dude like wh what is motivating this i i i mandela affected myself because i watched this movie um i think like a year ago or maybe even two years ago now and uh i think you were like oh yeah i heard about windfall like is this yeah. good and i was like yeah it's pretty good like i i remember i think i gave it three and a half stars yeah um originally on my letterbox and uh i rewatched it again for for the pod and uh i i could have sworn jason siegel divulged his backstory mm. But, yeah, he, no. but he doesn't. <laughs> no. I fully imagine. I have this memory of Jason Siegel <laughs> divulging, giving a full backstory. You're remembering a better movie. And again, yeah, it's am. not like, I hate it when characters explicitly spell out everything about their backstory and it's a whole monologue. But yes. it's like, we need something. A little bit 
at least to get us to uh, empathize with him a little bit more. Right, right? because is it's the thesis of this movie that we're automatically supposed to be on the side of a desperate person with a gun, but because he's robbing somebody very rich, it's like not that bad. Like, is that what we're supposed to think yeah okay so we've been alluding to the plot but let's just let's just yeah. let's just go and let's just tell our listeners what the plot of this is so uh so nobody jay Siegs, uh, breaks into jesse plemons's house uh, yes. while he is supposed to be away somewhere else like it's yes. one of his many and homes. i think i think it takes a minute or two for us to realize oh we're witnessing somebody breaking into a house yeah because we... at first he's just kind of moving around the space and you're thinking okay but then you start seeing rifle through drawers and yeah. like look for things to take. Yeah, it's kind of a clever like hook. Um, yeah, because yeah, at, it's not bad as a hook. Because at first we're we're sort of not sure. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just Jason Siegel on this like big property. He's opening drawers. Yeah, he takes a piss. Um, and then he eventually like, throws a glass and it shatters. And that's when we realize like okay, yeah. something something's a little off. And then so he's he's robbing the joint. Um, and then all of a sudden. Jesse Plemons and Lily Collins, his girlfriend, they come, they, they, they arrive. And I should add, I didn't know when I watched the movie, Lily Collins in real life married to the director mm -hmm. of this movie. Yes. Yeah. Do you think this affected, I don't know, do you think this had an impact on the end product in any, any way? The director is like, baby, you're so perfect. You should get to do whatever you want in the world of this movie. <laughs> like, you're an angel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We can't make your character suffer. You're so perfect. I feel like, uh, yo, I mean, that could have been a factor. I, I don't know. Maybe he could have been a little harder on her, you yeah. know, in in the filming process so that she yeah. she did a little better because she wasn't great, <laughs> you know? She... Uh, I mean, personally, like, I don't find Lily Collins super compelling as an actress. No, like, not at all. Like, I know I make fun of Emily in Paris. I have watched a full season of Emily in Paris. Oh, I've watched every, yeah. every single have you Have season. you ever seen the movie Stuck in Love? no with um it's i think you would really like it actually mm. you would find a lot of the plot to be like it would be up your alley okay even though it's a movie where like don't think too critically about anything you're seeing but it's like okay um lily collins character has a romance with a dude who doesn't look dissimilar from adam devine okay but her character is like so mean to this guy at first and he's just like a simp who keeps pursuing her oh shit and okay. it's the classic like you know, tough exterior, but afraid to get hurt. And he like fixes her. Okay, yeah. good, good. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people fixing each other in this movie. You would love it. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like uh, my speed for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, she definitely was not compelling. Very generic. She, Yeah, she's perfect for like yeah. an Emily in Paris type role. Yeah. <laughs> just like not a lot of personality. Just deliver lines mm -hmm. and look look cute on screen yeah in your little outfits yeah. you know yeah she doesn't have a lot of uh reach. she didn't have the she didn't have the emily wardrobe in this movie no she didn't she did she was much more dressed down um what were the shoes plemons was wearing they almost looked like yeezys they but thought they, they were yeezys yeah Maybe they were yeah I we wonder. need to go to like internet movie shoe database yeah is there a mr skin for shoes there's gotta be well, we found Mr. Skin for reptiles, yeah. where it breaks down every reptile scene in, like, every movie. <laughs> While George is looking for it, I'll read you guys some of the categories I was seeing. So you can sort by category on the side. 
Dancing with Snakes, Giant Monster Snakes. That's what they called me in college. Snake Charmers, Snake Fights, Snake People, Snake Pits, Snakes Uses Weapons, Snakes Used for Comedy, Snakes Used for Food or Medicine, Snakes Used Realistically. <laughs> realistically? What is the realistic use of a snake? Yeah. Like you're just walking and you're like, that's a snake. Then you keep going. That's pretty realistic. <laughs> That's pretty realistic. Yeah. Or like you just don't see it anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't affect your life or the plot in any way, shape, or form. Uh, what time are we at? Do we need to cut to break? Uh, we do. Uh, yeah, a few minutes here. I just want to read the title of this article. Okay, perfect. Because uh, I found it uh, from High Snub Society. Yeezy yep. 500s are the real stars of Netflix's Windfall. So they were Yeezys. They were in fact Yeezys. Oh. Yes. If you're in tune with the latest movie rollouts like I am, you may have watched Netflix's newest movie, Windfall. And if you haven't seen the movie yet, just know you're in for a Yeezy treat. <laughs> Yeezy season approaches. <laughs> it would have been funny if Plummer's character had come in just blasting Kanye. Yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> See, I mean, hey, time. if I was married to Lily Collins in this movie, I'd just have AirPods in all day listening to Kanye, not listening to her complain. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we should cut to break and then we'll come back. He's in a monster loop throughout the whole movie. He just it's just monster. He's like, <laughs> he's just listening to monster. All right. Let's cut to break and then uh we'll get into the nitty and the gritty. Don't and touch, the shitty. <laughs> don't touch that dial, folks. All right. And we are back. To the window, to the wall, to the to wind, wind falls fall. down my balls, <laughs> to the wind falls down my balls, dude. <laughs> so I was, I was search, trying to search up windfall on Netflix. Yeah. Netflix doesn't even stand behind their own fucking movie, dude. I literally, I typed in wind. It was giving yeah. me nothing. It was giving me Legends <laughs> of the Fall. I haven't even typed in fall yet, Damn. but I knew I was gonna type in fall have you, have somehow. You seen Legends of the Fall. I have, dude. Yeah. We were talking about Legends of the Fall with my coworker the other day. Um, maybe the hottest Brad Pitt's ever looked. Maybe his hottest. I was gonna say look. he's a beautiful man in that movie. <laughs> I still think Fight Club probably takes it. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, but yeah, no, this was this was peak young Brad Pitt. Yes. Legends of the I, Windfall. I watched it a couple of years back with my parents, and I remember because at the end, it's clearly meant to be the same bear from earlier in his life, right? That oh yes, kills him. yeah. I remember, and then it kind of freezes on like him fighting the bear, and my mom's like, "So is that the same bear?" I'm like, "Yeah, thematically, it would make no sense if it's not." <laughs> like <laughs> we're meant to believe that, right? Right. The Chekhov's bear. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no, it's not a bear. It's the bear. The it's bear. Like the yes. closure of you know coming full circle for sure. For sure. That's um, I like it in a movie when it shows like the nobility of being killed by your enemy. Like you and your enemy have a respect yeah. for each other. Yes, know? totally, absolutely. Yeah. Like if I was killed by another podcaster, I would like, I would respect it in a way. Right, right. Unless it's Bobby Altoff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're about to get killed, dude. You're about you're about to get savagely fucking roasted by me for your takes on this movie the whole time i'm trying like, to be more combative on my this, this, is, this is what i'm working on i'm working on being more combative on pod the so whole time, this is a battle dude. the whole time when george has been like apologizing for this movie i've just been giving him the stone-faced bobby althoff stare yeah so i'm gonna stop agreeing with anything you say about this movie okay. and i'm gonna double down on my fucking opinions there man even They're though i don't opinions. even though i don't fully believe that this movie is that good <laughs> 
in my well, mind. I think it is a lot better than I do. I do think it's fairness, a lot better so. than I do. So, uh, yeah, dude, get ready. Tread lightly. Okay, so. Pod lightly. So the plot, which we can run through pretty quick because go. the middle third in the movie, nothing really happens. Um, so they, uh, the CEO and wife arrive to the vacation home. Uh, Siegel is hiding. You know, Plemons is being playful. Lily Collins is like, oh, we can't have sex in the living room. we got to unpack. Yeah. And she seems like she's already, you, you're kind of, as a viewer, you got your, uh, you know, uh, red flags because, like, she seems not into it from the get-go, right? Right, yeah. You're kind of going, like, is she, like, what's what's going on here? Something's not right yeah. in their relationship. She looks directly into the camera and is like, I would only have sex with you, Charlie McDowell. <laughs> Charlie is the director. I think we mentioned. Um, yeah. Anyway, out of the uh, out of the gingers, who who would you say is a more attractive man, Ed Sheeran or Jesse Plemons? I mean, Plemons, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone's more attractive than Ed Sheeran. Okay. <laughs> he knows his way around a guitar, but he's a fucking goblin. Let's uh-huh. be real. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um. I, th- I think Jesse Plemons definitely has more riz out in the world. You know what I mean? He seems like he'd be a better hang. For sure. We could talk Yeezys with him. Yes. Yes, definitely. I definitely. wonder if that, you know, often actors will kind of make some of their own wardrobe decisions. I wonder if it was written into the script. Like, he's wearing, right. you know, this pattern of button-up shirt and yeah. Yeezys. Yeah. Yeah. Or w- more likely, you know, in a script, you'll have a note like, this character is dressed like an asshole exactly. <laughs> and it'll just be that. And then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So what happens next? Siegel gets caught by Lily Collins. Yes. Like Plemons goes into another room. He, uh, Siegel is trying to escape unseen. He has a small quantity of money. I don't know if we know exactly how much it is. Yeah. A couple yeah, we don't know. But he found some money rifling through a drawer. So he's just trying to escape with the money. If this had gone well, there would be no movie. Um, yes. <laughs> Collins catches him and he does like a sh- gesture to her. She's so surprised. She doesn't know what to do. Plemons is kind of yelling from another room. Goes back in. And at this point... Okay, here's one another one of my many issues with it. Uh, Siegel makes them believe that he has a gun, right? yes he does because he's got his hand like on his in his pocket and uh, in his back pocket like or his back the back of his waistband yeah yeah so look if i were them reading this guy's body language how stupid he sounds yeah it's like show me the gun if you have a gun show it to me like yes i they very readily believe he has a gun i see if it was me in that i see because what i appreciate about this movie is that it does oh feel like a realistic rendition mm. of like what would just an everyday loser do mm. if he was robbing someone he would do basically what jason siegel does in this movie and what would like a dude who is getting robbed right. by this incompetent dude do would he risk like calling him out on the no gun well probably not you'd probably act like jesse Plemons is acting which is like mostly do what he says but like yeah um mm. You know what I mean? So, like, I feel I feel like it was realistic. You know mm. what I mean? Okay, and I guess part of the point is, like, even though Siegel is trying to get to him an amount of money that's very large, to Plemons, it's really nothing. And Plemons even ends up saying, like, no, I'll give you more money at yeah. one point. Because Plemons is saying, like, or Siegel is saying, 
give me 150 and then Clemens is like no that's not enough you're gonna want 500 like we'll do 500 <laughs> that was a good scene when he was like I convincing him that, to, where it's like, <laughs> to rob him Siegel for more is so fucking stupid and kind of inept and <laughs> spineless I, and like here's why i felt it was realistic it was like jesse plemons calls him out a few times about like dude i'm not doing i'm not getting into the sauna yeah yeah <laughs> and, and there is the threat of violence of jason siegel going like fucking get into the sauna so like yeah. even though there's no gun like even getting beat up by jason siegel would be you know it would ruin your day <laughs> so he just, so but are we supposed to assume he's a master of hand-to-hand combat no but he's a tall dude and I like guess. and he's a intruder in your home like yeah you would just kind of do what he says but like reluctantly i feel like the i like the energy of this movie okay. which was like just hyper realistic here's another awkward issue. if we're to believe this guy is so rich and such an asshole you're telling me he doesn't have a driver he has no entourage it's just them showing up that was weird yeah are we supposed to believe that you know this billionaire as the story says would just drive himself around right i don't know like fair enough and personally or, if i was rich i would never drive myself i would always have a driver or like a monster type posse yeah you know he'd have a monster type posse um so an interesting note about rich people being driven apparently one of the things in succession a detail that they want to get right about being ultra rich is that when you always have a driver, you don't wear a coat because you're just going from the car directly into a building. Right. So even in some of the scenes where it's like winter and it'll be cold outside, the characters aren't wearing coats because they're going directly into the building. They're getting mm. driven right to a door. Oh, that's cool. So I think in an interview, Kieran Culkin was saying like, oh yeah, in an early season, like I was wearing stuff like inside the car. And then I realized like, oh, my character wouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Because he's so used to that lifestyle. Dude, I not gonna lie i mean not trying to brag or anything but i kind of do the same thing when, when, <laughs> when i pull up to the high school where i teach yeah <laughs> i i rarely wear a coat in dude. the maybach <laughs> and if it's raining like crazy i only get a little wet yeah i only get a little bit wet <laughs> walking from my spot in the parking lot to, yeah. the, to the school do yeah. you have an assigned spot i do not mr but, blank but i sort of have an unofficial assigned spot mm. underneath this tree like would you get into it with another teacher if you're a bit late and they picked your spot no i wouldn't get into it but like the i arrive at a particular time and the spot where i park during the time that i arrive is always like empty basically okay so it's very rare if someone is in my spot i'll just like park right beside that spot so right. it's like not a big deal yeah gotcha. but a few people have warned me about that spot like they're like i don't know i wouldn't park underneath that tree because like your car gets sticky i still mm. i still do it though maybe these people need to stay in their own fucking lane i know dude mind your own fucking <laughs> yeah business dude <laughs> tread lightly yeah maybe He's, i'm just built different i'm not even wearing a jacket right now. <laughs> yeah <laughs> if, you get, if you get what i mean <laughs> i'm not even wearing a condom as i park this car <laughs> um okay so he what does he do seagull is holding them hostage he's rifling through lily collins purse and he notices birth control inside of it yes which he doesn't comment on but that's a chekhov's <laughs> chekhov's pill that'll come back later mm -hmm. in an important way and basically he's saying i want more money and they're saying, oh, we must have it in the house. We just don't know where. Like, we're not really here. Well, Plemons is trying to, like, defuse as well. Yeah. And basically, they're like, look, we want to work with you to resolve this. We want you 
out like we want to give you money yeah you know they're kind of being the ideal robbery victims yes yes um at this point like they're sort of they're not they're not scared they just want to like done like they just yeah. want it over they <laughs> yeah just, they just want him out of the house yeah which is like i don't know i like i like the realism i yeah. I, I felt like it was true to what would actually happen in mm-hmm. real life which is what i appreciated about this movie up until the end where he gets fucking <sighs> oh boy yeah fucking dumb <laughs> uh extraordinarily <laughs> so uh what happens next so um jesse plemons takes siegel to like um, his office and they he unlocks a secret compartment yes. and he gives him five g's and we also notice that there are some plaques and like magazine covers of uh plemons yeah so he's somebody of note and i guess like the point of the movie is that siegel always knew it was a house that belonged to them you must have amnesia you forgot that i'm him <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> jason siegel knew he was him yeah which again the fact that like they're showing up no entourage we're supposed to believe they wouldn't have a very sophisticated security system that they wouldn't you know build a fucking gate around the house like here's why i have a fence yeah you're right okay you're sort of right because i was gonna justify it and say like well they've got they probably have a bunch of houses this is one of their homes um it's probably somewhere like Remote. way out in the country yeah it's super remote, remote and it's like they don't need that kind of security because True. like probably no one even knows it's like them who own it but, but clearly this, siegel knows so like <laughs> dummy is able to figure it out yeah then, it, you think then you're the right it sort of doesn't work better if like plemons hadn't been this billionaire if he had just been like solidly upper middle class yeah do you uh, think the point of the movie would have been better because it's kind of i i almost yeah you know what i feel like they could have drawn like they could have found a medium mm-hmm. where it was like he he was in a position to affect many people maybe by right. automating right some part of some industry right like maybe he's about to do that and hasn't done it already yeah or uh, yeah i feel like they could have found I, a happy medium i'm trying to think between what like if... billionaire elon musk yeah and like just like a successful right just like upper middle class Mm -hmm. like you know um what if what if there had been some sort of backstory where plemons and siegel were from like a similar walk of life but then things had gone well for plemons and everything had gone wrong for siegel it's like i just like robin williams and stellan skarsgård and goodwill hunting just watch that last night (laughs) yes (laughs) but like yeah just this whole thing about a billionaire it's like what are we even doing here like yeah he didn't need to be a the fucking richest man in the world <laughs> no, for this movie if, to work if the point is to have him be that rich it's like make it more evident from the setting from you know having an entourage like yeah all this stuff and You're right well we'll get to the scene in a little bit um okay so basically siegel takes some money and at this point he thinks i can just leave now right yes so he because plemons convinces him like yes we saw you but like there's no security cameras yeah i don't have a gun on the property and they're you're yes. you're free to go just take the money and go we're yes. not gonna whatever do hunt you down and we don't even know we don't have a picture of you anyway yeah, so yeah. you'll be so you'll be fine go. just leave however when siegel wait does siegel take the gun 
that actually was in the house at this point? Or does he come back and then find it? I believe he okay so he locks them up so before he leaves he locks them up in a sauna yeah so that'll take them like some time to like get out the, and he like barricades the yeah, sauna yeah. and at this point we were mentioning like Plemons is like no i'm not going to the fucking sauna and he doesn't know if seagull has a gun or not but seagull's just kind of like i'm gonna fuck you up in front of your wife yeah get into the sauna yeah um i like that scene where it was like the threat of violence is there um but it still felt like i don't know kind of realistic um and so he goes into the sauna he barricades the sauna he goes into the house and i believe yeah he finds a i think he finds a gun in the house right in the office in the office because he rifles through through the office like one more time yeah he's looking for more money i guess he's not expecting to find a gun but he just stumbles across he stumbles across. so he knows plemons lied about the gun he takes the gun he gets in his car goes to drive away and then notices a security camera uh very close to the house like directly pointed at him basically so it's like yeah now there is a his likeness is in Plemons's like hard drive somewhere so he ends up going back <clears throat> and essentially Plemons is saying like I don't know what the fuck that camera is like that's not mine like I can't be held responsible for that. And then Siegel is like, oh, where does it go to? Blah, blah, blah. Plemons is like, this isn't like a 7-Eleven where you can just go in and like pull out the tape in the back. Like that's uploaded digitally somewhere. Again, like, why are you looking at me? <laughs> and so the solution they sort of come to together is like, and which is, I like this. We talked about the scene already. Uh, Lily Collins and Plemons are kind of like, well, what you have to do is like, you need to rob us for so much money that you can just like start a whole new life. Yeah. And so we're going to give you enough money so you can start a whole new life. Again, they just want him out of there. They don't want to, they don't want any trouble. So yeah. uh, they can, and at first he's like, I don't know, hundred K or something. He's like 150. It's like under 200 K. Yeah. And Plemons is like, you're going to need way more than that to just like yeah. disappear and live off this money for a long time. So uh, he, they end up going to like 500 K. Because then yeah. Siegel goes well, to Siegel, like a mill. Siegel tries to go to like five million or something, and Plemons just laughs. It's <laughs> like, no, what the fuck are you talking He's about? He's like, no, it's gonna be way too heavy. Yeah. Um, I can't even like take out that much money without it being sus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we've seen from some heist movies, Triple Frontier. Oh, yeah. Money is very heavy. That's right. So That's you can right. ask for any amount that you think, but are you gonna be able to carry it? Yeah, people forget that you get encumbered, like in yeah. Skyrim, you know? Yeah. You you pick up a lot of shit just like in skyrim you start getting encumbered, massively encumbered you start moving slower it's not a good yeah it's not a good scene you start your character starts walking like he just shit his pants (laughs) i'm moving different until you get to a vendor and you can sell some stuff right of course that's the play of course i've never played skyrim um (laughs) i know it's good people love it Um, there's a there's a new game that just came out which is getting some some buzz highly anticipated game from the creator of skyrim mm. basically skyrim in space okay and it's like it's been in development for like a decade development and hell and it's been i don't know if it's development hell but it's just been developed in development for a long long mm. time and people have been like anticipating this game like crazy because like it's this, it's the maker of skyrim like huh. um and it's like skyrim in space sounds amazing on paper and apparently it's just on terrible and boring paper <laughs> that sounds good but... apparently it sucks <laughs> <laughs> it sucks yeah, Not good. Yeah. um so yeah at this point the idea is they're going to give him a lot of money 
uh, Plemons calls his like bank or money manager or whatever. And what happens? Essentially, he's creating a story where it's like, I think his ex-wife or ex-partner, he's like, oh, I need to give her some money. Like, that's why I'm asking for this big sum. Yeah. I need this quick. And essentially, the person on the other end of the phone, because again, we're still as the viewer in the house, you know, it's all in the house. Uh, the person on the other end of the phone is like, well, the earliest we can give it to you is tomorrow. Like, yeah. banks are about to close today. It's, you know, late in the afternoon. We just can't do it today. Yeah. So already it's like, okay, now Siegel is going to have to stick around until the money arrives. Right, right, right. Which kind of takes us into the uh, doldrums of the second act. Yeah. Where essentially they're just talking. The movie... <laughs> I guess it does this intentionally where it just like is aggressively boring for like 40 minutes. <laughs> it's so long that it's just kind of like <laughs> nothing more is happening. It made me laugh. Like I want, cause they're basically through, uh, there is one chase through like the orange grove on the property. Oh um, yeah. That's... Clemens and Collins try to escape and Siegel chase, yeah. chases them down, like tackles Clemens. Yeah. What a riveting sequence that was. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And, and then once he's got him and he's got a gun. Yeah. They know he has a gun at this point. They have to wait till tomorrow. Um, they're just like trying to, you know, drag the minutes out. Yeah. Um, they're just literally walking around the property. They come to this like little Japanese Zen garden that Plemons has. And uh, they're literally going like, what do we do? Like, the, the, yeah. none of the, uh, the literally. <laughs> it's like. All the characters are bored in the movie. <laughs> Which is so funny. Yeah. You know the movie is not going well when the characters are asking each other, what do we do? It's in the script for like... <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, guys. So we learn a little bit more. This couple is trying to have a baby. Yeah. Or so we think. Yeah. But then we also flashbacks of, wait, why was there birth control in her purse if they're trying to have a baby? And right. we get the impression that... um he wants to have a kid more than she does and she she works in some Uh, sort of charitable branch of like his companies yeah or sitting on like an advisory board for him so through like innuendo basically and like piecing together bits and pieces from some of the conversations they have during the second act we can sort of piece together as the viewer that like okay she married him basically for the money yeah she doesn't love him yeah. necessarily and she doesn't want like to have settle down and like have kids with him so yeah. that's why she's got the birth control in her purse also and she's she's gonna divorce him at some point after like she's milked him for enough she's a money. cold calculating social climber exactly that's what she is how dare he be such an asshole and give her a life she never dreamed of and want to have a baby he's such a monster yeah there was like a <laughs> dumb conversation where he like talks about how he paid off her student loans or yeah. something and i don't know i feel like in that convo he's shown in this light of like he's he's acting like a dick because he what sort of lords patronizing asshole for patronizing her, for him to clean up her disaster of a life yeah also there's a plot point about how she has some tattoo on her foot that she's having removed yeah which i laughed at because it's such a dumb plot point yeah and he makes it sound like it's the worst tattoo ever and then later we learn it's just rose. it's just a rose yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like wait i thought it because i don't know where i expected it to go but it's like i thought there was going to be more like it kind of i don't know maybe it was like a tattoo referencing like a past lover or yeah just something more he made it sound hideously ugly and it's like 
It's just a rose tattoo. She doesn't tell Siegel at first, and then towards the end of the movie, she's like, by the way, it was a rose. He's Siegel's like, what? like, what? She's like, the tattoo, I'm getting removed. It was a rose. He's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. That was so funny. So I laughed funny, pretty hard dude. at that. I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck either. Pretty good. Um, which like, is where, which is the kind of scene where I'm like, I can't tell if this movie is doing all this shit on purpose. I can't tell if it knows what it's doing. But like, I don't think it does. See, I like to give it the benefit of the doubt that it does. Okay, here's a great example okay. of like, I'm not sure whether this movie's in control or not. Where it was like, um, okay, so it's boring for a long time. They walk around the property a Which, bunch. Again, not a good quality for a movie to be boring for a long time. No, but okay, here's what I think is sort of effective about that. There is this, like, okay, the music underneath is, like, pretty good. It's, like, this drum beat, and it makes it feel kind of tense. Um, and it does feel like the tension is escalating, and there's enough mystery to, like, some of these characters that you're, like, you're engaged because you want to know what's going to happen next. So, like, I feel like it does a good job of keeping the tension. Um, I w- At least the first time I watched it, I remember it being, like, me, like, just wanting to know what's going to happen. Like, um, I think it does a good job of that. Mm. Um, the sort of slow, quiet build. I think uh, it becomes slow to the point where there's not a build for a yeah, while. Yeah, there's no pulse the for a while. goes completely slack. I think you're right. It goes a little too, there's no pulse for a bit. But then a um, at a certain point, uh, it's like the evening of the, the first, the, yeah. of the night that they're spending together. And uh, Seagull's like chilling by the fire. Plemons and Lily Collins are about to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a conversation between Plemons and Collins where he goes, yo, can you like get close to this guy? And like, I, like, what does he tell you? He, he kind of goes like, find out more about him or something, right? Like, like work your magic mm, essentially. Yeah. With this guy. Yeah. Like get close to him and like, you know, start to, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like uh, charm him essentially. Yeah. Right. And Lily Collins kind of goes like, what? Like, what do you want me to do? You want me to like Mm -hmm. charm our like the dude that's like keeping us hostage at gunpoint. Um, So it's this weird scene of like, I don't know. Plemons wants Collins to like use her female womanly wiles. Right. Um, And he's like, yo, this guy's knock on sniz in a long time. You need to just hang out with him. Yeah. 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 yeah, He's like, can you just throw something at this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bed. This is bullshit. I, I gotta buy some more Yeezys on Grail. <laughs> just let him eat you out. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll be fine if you just so, let him eat you out. So this leads to kind of a long conversation between Collins and Siegel and by a fire. And she's where they're having drinks. Sort of like she sort of divulges a little bit more about her relationship with Clemens to the point yeah. where during this conversation, I I was wondering if she was being genuine or not, mm. right? Like I was going like, is she just doing this to charm mm. Siegel? Or is she genuinely divulging like, I'm not really like that happy? I think as a viewer, I interpreted this as like, we're supposed to believe that she's being genuine. And that somehow it's such a burden to marry a billionaire that it's like, 
we should feel sorry for her in some way. And here's the thing, which is that I think the movie was trying to make that line more blurry mm. and it didn't accomplish that mm. because I think you're right. It does just come off as genuine in the end. Right. And in the end, we find out it was genuine. Yeah. Uh, but I think that addition of like, is she being genuine or not? Mm-hmm. Could have been cool. And the first time I was True. watching it, I... I wasn't sure about anyone's motivations. So, which think, was cool. I think blurry motivations it was a cool aspect of this movie. Here's how I would rewrite this part. I would have the conversation happen. Siegel believes everything is true, but then maybe the next day a detail of what she told him is like contradicted or something, and then you kind of see him yes. process it like, "Wait, was any of that real?" Exactly. Because if there was a little white lie in there somewhere, like, "Can I trust anything?" Exactly. Exactly. I, I would not trust Emily in Paris, but... For know. sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Siegel's a little too naive, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's just trying to forget Sarah Marshall. <laughs> He's still trying to forget. He's trying it to forget is, he was in How I Met Your Mother. It is crazy the things he will do to forget Sarah Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to forget the fucking bankroll he was getting when he was filming How I Met Your Mother, yeah. dude. He's like, fuck, I wish I was just... That would be so nice to get... <laughs> sitcom regular type money yeah being like a successful sitcom i know right <laughs> yeah yeah just phoning it in yeah and um, then have a charlie sheen meltdown yeah man <laughs> against your showrunner uh anyway so the movie doesn't really stick the landing on that but i appreciated that that was kind of the idea <laughs> hmm. interesting okay now it's the next day um, so money day you mo- know money day the, big day the bag is about to arrive but who arrives it's not the money guy it is the gardener it's a gardener so the property and who... Plemons was like oh i didn't fucking even know this dude was coming He's, he doesn't yeah. know what's going on so the gardener basically comes maintains the property you know we're to assume he hasn't seen the ceo and wife in quite some time or maybe even at all at all because he knocks on the door and he's oh, like oh yeah oh because he notices the car right, is right there right. and then he knocks on the door Plemons answers um and uh the gardener goes like oh it's such an honor to like actually meet you like thank you for giving me this opportunity um so he's grateful for the work that he's been given by plemons and that makes Plemons is kind of like "Uh uh-huh that's great that's awesome he's trying to like close the door as quickly as possible and that makes us as viewers which i think this is what this movie is trying to do uh be more sympathetic towards plemons and like he's given people jobs he's not just taking jobs away it seems like he's pretty nice and genuine to the gardener yeah exactly exactly so i think that scene was meant to make us feel more sympathy towards plemons um again if this was a good movie this would have been effective dude if this this would have been effective um eventually the gardener sees seagull yes because seagull is kind of peeping through the window the gardener turns back sees him and then uh let's cut to break and then we'll come back yeah you'll find out what happens next on that suspenseful clip you'll never guess what happens next (laughs) i think i can i think i can the trains the train's coming home dude the train's (laughs) coming into the station we're carrying the boats we're riding the train yeah okay so the gardener sees seagull the constant gardener uh they basically have to do another 
Gardner interaction where <laughs> they explain Siegel as like, oh, he's a cousin visiting. Yeah. And the Gardner is, he has this whole elaborate scheme. He has like hand-drawn sketches and stuff. He has really big ambitions he's, for property. He's got ideas, yeah. Which Clemens is very receptive to. And he's like, wow, like you did all this. This looks really beautiful. Like that sounds like a great idea. And then for some reason, he needs a signature. I'm not quite sure about this part. He's like, I need you to sign off on this. Yes. <laughs> so there's like a little, he just needs a signature from Plemons. Then he can run rampant and do his whole thing. Yeah. I don't, yeah. And Plemons. I believed it. It was a little strange, but I bought it. <laughs> so the whole thing is basically contrived so that Plemons can write a little, well, we think he's doing a signature. He actually writes call 911. Yeah. And then uh, Siegel is rushing them back into the house. The CEO and the wife saying, like, we need to go. We need to go. Siegel's looking out through the window. He sees the gardener walk away. Look at this note. He runs outside, pulls a gun on the gardener, and basically says, like, you need to come into the house. Because the gardener looks at the note, does, like, a spit take. Yeah. <laughs> like it would have been funny if he'd done a literal spit take. <laughs> Stringing cold brew. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drinking Modelo. Yeah. <laughs> why? Because he's Mexican and Gardner? <laughs> no. Well, why would that person drink Modelo, George? I don't know. <laughs> why would that person specifically drink Modelo? <laughs> it's just a character choice, Patrick. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was at Kitsilano Beach last night and I heard and uh, we were uh, vibing with this Mexican cookout that was happening oh, right beside yeah. us. We were at the boathouse. Me and Amanda. I was going to say, when I go to your script table reading this coming Friday... I hope your script is full of uh, choices like this. <laughs> well, I've been telling George, I hope I get to do like an inappropriate accent or voice for a character. So you should have been, you should have gone to the reading we did during New Year's of the first draft of my pilot. That was that type of, that those types of choices nice. were being made. Then you had some sensitivity readers, aka the girlfriends of your friends, step in and be like, "No, yeah, yeah. Crazy. yeah, yeah." So this is like the third draft. Um, yeah, it's a lot more buttoned down, mm. but we're buttoned up rather. <laughs> yeah, button up or down? I think buttoned up. I think yeah. Oh yeah, I guess you can do both, right? Because a button down collar, you can still button it all the way up. Right. All right, right we're getting two sides. Let's <laughs> this get is... back to this dumbass movie. <laughs> Um, we almost went full Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. Why do they button down or button up? <laughs> Homework. You don't work on your home. Anyway. How so, can you button up a button down? This is him at age 38 trying to fuck a 17-year-old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, okay. The gardener is brought into the house. There's a... Fuck it. Who cares? There's some sort of conversation. The gardener panics because like or wait sorry i should say so plemons is kind of brought to a breaking point he's like i don't think anything's gonna happen to me like you're not gonna shoot me he calls his bluff basically seagull pulls the gun shoots, shoots into the distance like in the room so yeah. kind of lets off a warning shot there's a kerfuffle the gardener takes the opportunity to try to run in his haste he slips crashes into the door the glass door slits his throat really violently i liked how graphic and unexpected this was this was like i i love this scene because yeah. like the tension has been building up to this point and i love that jason siegel doesn't do anything to make this happen yeah. it just happens because of 
but now the situation implicated like oh shit there's a dead guy he's like spurting blood they're trying to save him they can't do anything i think this movie did a good job of like making you feel like if you were this dude robbing this house like you didn't obviously you, you didn't want anything bad to happen but this just like happened because you know because of the situation yeah and now it's just gotten way too out of hand for no reason yeah i like it made me feel so like nervous for for jason siegel's character i i I think this was a great like part of the movie yes um and everything else that followed like had a lot more weight to it because now it's like well everyone is implicated and there's sort of like no there's no escaping this at this point um because like a person has died like yeah like uh this this shit is like now very very serious and jason siegel has to come uh has to sort of confront the fact that like uh, or like the choice of like am i gonna kill these people now yeah do i just like yeah do i just throw all is it simpler to just kill them is it simpler to just kill them at this point yeah yeah because of how far it's already gone yeah right um and so it becomes very tense lily collins goes out so like the money you know you know my stance on heist though no witnesses right (laughs) no witnesses you would have popped him i would have popped him i know you still haven't seen heat but there's a line i think about all the time in heat so the character of wingro who turns out to be a serial killer unrelated to his involvement in the main heist Uh um so he does end up killing a guard very brashly during the first robbery yeah and when he's confronted about it by robert de niro he's like he was reaching for his gun i had to get it on <laughs> and that's like the funniest phrase <laughs> talking about killing somebody during a heist i had to get it on that's insane dude <laughs> so that's me during a heist i had to get it on <laughs> you ever listen to the 50 cent song how to rob i think i have i don't know what the lines are in that song off the top of my head but i've definitely heard it i was reading some of the lyrics because i was thinking about it um as i was watching this movie yeah um yeah very funny song just about like <laughs> what to do how to how, how to get to do how it. to rob various celebrities i believe yeah. is like the oh, concept of that yes, song yes yes i do remember that song yeah yeah that was one of his early ones crazy track i think that was off like yeah i think that was off get rich or die trying yeah or maybe it was uh, the massacre dude he, no one looks more jack than 50 cent on the cover of the massacre dude it's a very flattering cover <laughs> it's so flattering <laughs> um okay so what happens at this point so this leads us almost up to when the money is actually delivered yeah yeah, yeah. we can just skip to that i think so like he ties them up basically at this point because now he's like do i kill them or not uh oh no uh and then he unties lily collins to go and pick up the money um and as she's picking up the money she sort of considers i guess like making a break for it with the money herself we see a close-up of her shoe like on the threshold of the home kind of yes a shot that comes back a few times yeah and okay i won't skip ahead here keep going keep going so (laughs) so she goes to pick up the money um picks it up and she sort of lingers and we're sort of made to believe like so she's she's thinking about just like making a break for it herself just like leaving plemons leaving seagull uh running off with the cash yeah but she doesn't do this she brings the cash back into the house Mm -hmm. um probably out of fear she doesn't do this right because she could have easily just just done this and done what siegel is doing which is like just leave start a new life for herself she doesn't do this she she's maybe afraid or or whatever yeah doesn't have the the nerve goes back to the house gives the money back gets tied up again um 
Okay, now I gotta take a look at my notes. What happens? So he Siegel reveals to Plemons that the wife has been taking birth control the whole time. That's right. And is not trying to have the kid. So he kind of pits them against each other. Yeah. At this same time, though, Lily Collins has found a jagged shard of glass and is cutting herself free, unbeknownst to Siegel. Yeah. They have the conversation about, it was a rose. What? The tattoo. It was a rose. Siegel's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Which is very funny. Yeah. To have this, like... (laughs) deluded narcissist be like actually it is meaningful if i reveal what it was like who fucking like somebody has died we don't give a fuck about your tacky tattoo when you were like a 22 year old tramp i'm sorry we just don't exactly Um. (laughs) which is why the see that's a that's a that's the movie being in control dude it's self-aware of course he doesn't care why would we care george this movie is so dumb but i do respect (laughs) that you're still trying to go to bat for it so seagull is turned away he's kind of crossing the threshold to leave the house so he's like probably gonna leave but like we're not sure yet he might just take the money and kill them yeah and at this point lily collins has escaped she gets grabs a sculpture that we've kind of zoomed in on previously in the movie like this big white thing fucking smacks him on the back of the head he's down she hits him again there's some good squelching sound effects yeah He's done. Yeah. He's KO'd. Yeah. She retrieves, like, he's dead. He, uh, she retrieves his gun, goes back inside. Plemons has, has been like, what's happening out there? What's happening? It's like, ah, oh, kind of triumphant. Like, yeah. oh, my God, did you kill him? Like, we got him. He's like, sick, sick. Collins shoots him. Yeah. Multiple times. <laughs> goes back outside appears to try to wipe her prints from the gun i'm like they're definitely gonna be some partials on that gun oh yeah you're telling me there aren't gonna be partials because she's still handling <laughs> it by the slide with her bare hand as she's putting it back into his yeah partials i got too many partials <laughs> guess who's going to jail guess who's going to jail tonight and then we see another shot of her foot kind of on the threshold of the house and i guess it's meant to symbolize like getting away from the influence of uh men yes and then she walks into the night her independence end movie yeah folks this is the dumbest fucking ending i've seen in quite some time okay listen (laughs) i thought it was clever i think it would have it could have worked if both if we were more empathetic to lily collins's character if, and if we were less empathetic to jesse plemons so character. if we're meant to believe that she's in like an abusive relationship yes exactly and, exactly because so far from what we've seen it's like yeah he's not the easiest guy to get along with but he's not abusive or outright a bad person no i don't think in any way he deserves to be fucking just shot look <laughs> is he this is this movie was filmed during covid was this guy gonna get the vaccine probably not <laughs> Does he deserve to get killed for that? No. No. Definitely not. <laughs> nah. Um so like yeah, so, so it's I, just like wait, what? So I think I thought it was a clever I thought it was a clever ending. Um and I like the idea of it. <laughs> Whereas I thought it was not a clever ending and they'd kind of written themselves into a corner where it's like, well, we need something shocking and provocative for the end. Yes. Uh maybe she kills him. Yeah. It was a cool, like it was like I a don't short. I buy that at all. It was a short story type of ending, right? And but we're it, supposed and it, to believe that she. Sorry to cut you off, but I'm supposed to believe that she resents him and hates him so much 
that she's going to kill him in this circumstance. It makes no sense, which is what I'm conceding. I'm conceding uh, it makes no sense with their characterizations, which is why I think, um, yeah, she should have had more main character energy. Plemons should have been more of the villain. Um, uh, Yeah, I, I, I just think every character should have been turned up like five notches. Or, okay, here's what I think would have made sense. If she had somehow knocked him out, put the gun in his hand, called the police, set it up so it looks like Plemons did all that yes. stuff, and then made off with the money. Sure, yeah. I just think killing him abruptly in cold blood, it's like, wow, worst wife of the year award. Yes, yeah. Worst no. cinematic wife of 2022. Totally. To- or maybe she wouldn't have, maybe uh, not main character energy for her, but maybe more villain energy for her. Maybe, mm. Maybe even more like cold-blooded um social climber right energy from collins right right because like it seems it just seems Maybe. so out of pocket for her to do this it <laughs> seems so abrupt yeah. yeah but i appreciated the idea man I'm, I'm i was a very forgivable viewer with this movie i think it's because i saw this guy's first movie I and think i really might be enjoyed in love it. with lily collins i might be in that, love with that emily might be complicating things here yeah i i still give this movie like a three stars wow. i let i i really I enjoyed the ideas that it you know, had, I, and I like the tension. These I, are my two things. About I it. toyed with giving this movie even one star, but I'm like, no, it's more competent than one star. It's one and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it does enough right. Um, I think it. I think the tension successfully builds. I think the way that it portrays the robbery so realistically mm. was commendable um and uh, added to like the the tenseness um and as i said i appreciated the ideas of the characters and the ending it's enough to give it like three stars right That's so I and the acting was good the acting the was, acting was good i just Colin. think one of the main issues is that every character even up to the end is really such a cipher and we just don't get enough specifics about them totally and I just don't buy that Plemons is such a bad guy with such a negative impact on society at large. Um, definitely. Definitely. <sighs> I agree. I, I just really need to know a bit more of the motivation of Seal as no, well. I don't fair. need a whole backstory spelled out, but it's like, I need to know something. I need to know how he arrived at picking this house as a target. Yeah. Are we supposed to believe at the end when he says like, I did want to be you for a day? Right. Because this whole outburst about like, I wanted to, you know, see if you were good. This would make sense. That whole thing is so overwritten. Also, we didn't get to it. But earlier in the movie, we have a scene where Plemons is meant to look very villainous saying like, it's actually hard to be a rich white guy these days. Like everybody wants your downfall. Oh, yeah. It's like, are we supposed to believe anybody would actually say this? Like it's so on the nose. So this movie... Although I do think there are some good ideas here, there is just exposition that's so on the nose and so brutally clunky. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 No, this is what I feel like this is one of those things where it's like, um, what what do you prioritize from a movie? Mm. And I feel like I prioritize intention sometimes mm. over the uh, product, the final product. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely can forgive some clunky execution if i just think the idea or the vibes are redeeming yeah i I just don't i didn't see that here fair 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 so 
for me, this would be a kill. This would be a thumbs down. I yeah. don't recommend it, but it sounds like you might. Yeah, I would say this. I would say this is a chill. I would say this Whoa. is a soft chill. Is this the first time we've chill. gone in opposite directions? Dude, it's the first time. Or amongst the first time. I believe we might so. have done it for one other movie. I maybe, forget. maybe. I, I would say this is a soft chill. But I think we're pretty opposed on this movie. <laughs> would you say hard kill, though? Oh, See, yeah. See, we need nuance to our to our system, I think. Hard kill, soft kill, killing them softly, Brad before, Pitt. it was just... Yeah, killing them softly. <laughs> uh, hard chill, soft chill. Uh, I, I would think, say hard kill. I think soft chill. Whoa, uh, whoa, hard kill. Yeah, because before we just had a very crude smash or pass system. Now we're adding shades. Yes, it. yes. Yeah, I think hard kill. I, I would not recommend people go out and see this. Wow, interesting, interesting. Yeah. I would recommend this guy's other movie more, the one mm. I love. I think was a better movie and better executed also but um haven't seen that one but i will yeah yeah because cool. i do like elizabeth moss quite a bit yeah she's, she's great she's good it's a good movie um, and who's the actor in that i the male duplass i think oh nice yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. okay that'll be good then. yes yes no that's a good one um, is it mumblecore not quite mm. but it's also like a bottle movie that takes mm. place in one remote location this guy loves a one location dude he loves it man huh yeah I love it too. Honestly, that's a big like movie fetish proclivity of mine. I love <laughs> a, a good fetish of yours. I love a good bottle movie. Okay. Um, I think I was telling you about that Willem Dafoe one that was released recently on Amazon. I think you were that. Yeah. Um, I forget what that one's called, but um, it's about Willem. Actually, very similar. Maybe this is this will be my highbrow mm. shit recommendation. Um, I don't think I've recommended it before, but um, so. This I think is an Amazon original, which <laughs> are much better than Netflix originals. <laughs> um, a cut above, a, yeah. So no Willem Dafoe, similarly to uh, Siegel, is a robber who robs this like rich art collector, and as he is robbing, as he's trying to escape with like the loot, he gets locked into the house because oh, of the, because he fucks up the security you were system telling me about that. and he yeah. can't leave um so he's stuck in this house and like the security system is connected to like everything in the house because it's all like digital right um and it's broken and so like the temperature is all fucked up too so um at the beginning of the movie the temperature starts climbing like getting higher and higher and higher and higher um until it gets like crazy hot right um like almost unbearably hot and then a at about the halfway point it does the opposite where the temperature starts getting like insanely cold and he has to like survive <laughs> the conditions of the house um and like it sounds both entertaining and very dumb just from like the elevator pitch you but know I, i'm willing to hear it out. you know what um it's not as dumb as it sounds i would okay. say i would the movie really like um is a super thoughtful movie and you could tell like right a okay. lot of like um almost like allegorical ideas were put into right. this film. Um, so the things that seem stupid as I'm explaining it actually feel like, I don't know, like they have meaning behind them. Right. Okay. Um, okay. I'm still trying to find the fucking title of this movie. Um, looking up Willem Dafoe's filmography now. Yeah. But uh, that's a much better heist gone wrong mm. bottle movie that takes place oh, okay. all in one location. It's called inside that movie inside. Yeah. Yeah. Not inside man, just inside. Inside. A man who is inside. Yeah. Um, cool. 
Yeah, I'll have to watch that. I do like Willem Dafoe quite a bit. I think you'd like it. Um, I guess my recommendation, which is not like you must go out and see this movie, but I did enjoy it. Infinity Pool by Brandon Cronenberg. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I finally watched the other night. Not as good as Possessor. And actually, so I do like the way uh, Brandon Cronenberg does special effects and visuals. But I did find some of the trippier sequences in this kind of resembled some of the trippy sequences from Possessor. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they needed to be a little bit more differentiated. Like, I see what he was going for, but I do think he kind of leaned almost a bit on some of the some of the stuff he did in Possessor. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, very intriguing premise. Well done. It's like a three star movie for me. I also rewatched uh the senior cronenberg's crash from 96 one of the most deranged horny movies of all time it's it's demented i highly recommend everybody go out and see that if they haven't this is where like the the dude gets obsessed with like fucking crash victims or something yes yeah the idea of car crashes and kind of destruction as a catalyst for sexual activity cool and kind of like I think the Ebert review said like it's a movie about a fetish that just doesn't exist. And it's like, <laughs> I would argue every fetish probably exists. Uh -huh. I think you could probably find people online these days where like we're genuinely into this. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The way it's depicted in the movie, it's like almost kind of a secret society. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is so wild. Right, I would like highly it, recommend it. Yeah, uh, from the horny era of James Spader when he was just, you know, James Spader Fox. What can I say? <laughs> uh, that is truly a great movie. Also yeah. filmed in Toronto. Uh, I think my review for it was four and a half stars, and I said least arranged Toronto enjoyers. <laughs> <laughs> um, another movie that I thought was pretty decent, uh, which is a new horror movie from twenty twenty two. It's like a slasher movie about like truck stop prostitutes, lot lizards, if you will, uh -huh, uh -huh. a genre that I'm obsessed with. The <laughs> yeah. idea of lot lizards is fascinating to me. Um, it's called Candyland. It's pretty good. I think there oh, are yeah. like some missteps, but yeah. I do think it's like a fun premise uh, for a horror movie cool. and like some interesting stuff that goes on. Mm. Um, and that was on Tubi, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading the Wikipedia entry for infinity pool uh it says he developed uh cronenberg developed the story from actual experience he had on unsatisfying vacations what the fuck <laughs> this is a wild boy <laughs> the the, the description struggling. of unsatisfying vacation how unsatisfying could a vacation be for you to write a dystopian science fiction actually there's some interesting stuff about the rich not facing the consequences of their actions in ah. this movie that I would say is much more nuanced um, than something like Glass Onion or uh -huh. Windfall. White Lotus does this well. Have you watched White Lotus yet? I have seen the first episode of season two was not pulled in very much. I need to watch season one. I think, I think you should watch season one. Yeah. Season one instantly pulls you in. Yeah. yeah. What time are we at here? Uh, we're at we're at the end, baby. There we go. Oh, yeah. Perfect. I think that's pretty much it. Oh, one more recommendation. This is on Tubi. It's called This World, Then the Fireworks. It's starring mm. Billy Zane and Gina Gershon as incestuous lovers. Whoa. And it's adapted from a hard-boiled Jim Thompson short story, who most famously wrote The Killer Inside Me. 
uh, he was a pretty, pretty interesting figure um, in literature. The movie is unhinged, big choices, um, doesn't really work overall, uh -huh. I would say, but just so stylish that it's like, it's crazy. Undeniable. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> I don't know if it fully works as a movie, but yeah, that's called This World, Then the Fireworks. That's a pretty fun, uh, over-the-top, like, hard-boiled story. Good title. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is it. Uh, we don't know what we'll be watching next. We never know. Uh, you need to hurry up and watch The Idol. I'm going to tell Ty to watch The Idol. Just tell me when when to have it done for. I was going to say, Give Ty, me a deadline. I was talking to Ty, and he's also like, I just need a deadline. Yeah. So yeah. we need to book something in with those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe not this coming weekend, but yeah. the weekend after, I think. Sure. It would be fun to do that. Yeah, for sure. And also, it doesn't take long to watch The Idol, because it's just yeah. five episodes. Five episodes. That used to like an hour. Right, right, right. So... Yeah, I'll start that. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's it for us, folks. I'm gonna... I'm gonna free dive now. I'm gonna go 100 meters <laughs> below the ocean, so... <laughs> that's how i end every episode now i just free dive away and i'll be your safety diver i guess yeah perfect <laughs> okay you gotta come rescue me dude i'm about to black out all right <gasps> bye. bye oh no pat pat <laughs> oh god oh god no 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 <laughs>